Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. And this is our science fiction movie podcast where we get together, we watch a sci-fi movie and we talk about it. And we're finally crossing off a film here this week that was on our radar for a little bit and we just kind of had to find time to squeeze it in and it's a film called Synchronic which is from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who we have brought before on this show. We did a film of theirs called The Endless a long, long time ago now. That was probably quite early in the show's history at this point. And I've also seen a film by theirs called Spring, which I brought up a few times when we reviewed that. So uh, this is my my third go-round with this directing duo, uh, your second go-round. Yeah, we also reviewed their episode of Twilight Zone, which is kind of like a short film, I guess. I'm not going to hold them accountable for their episodes because most of those episodes were terrible so I'm, I'm not holding them accountable for that do you see what's coming up next on there on their agenda i did they are directing seemingly all six episodes of moon knight the uh, yep. mcu show they got them disney got them <laughs> I, I you know what they, they made the connection with anthony mackie in this movie and like mm-hmm. anthony mackie's like hey dude, like, uh, yeah. i'm gonna recommend the business card on yeah. desk. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna recommend this duo although they're, they're directing with a third person there's three directors uh mm, that's on uh, so uh, i wonder if they're genuinely co-directing all six episodes or if they're actually all doing like two each kind of thing where they're mostly rotating through on set as it were i don't know maybe not i have no idea i don't know i mean i think they've always been co-directors yeah yeah no all the work has uh as far as i know up until this point mm. so hey what is synchronic you may ask we all start spoiler free of course but the basic premise and this is all i knew about it going in. this is because honestly i was a little worried to get into this because I'd seen it labeled as sci-fi and it sounded slightly sci-fi but I wasn't actually sure how sci-fi it was and it's about this designer drug that's going around called Synchronic and Anthony Mackie and the dude from Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> are paramedics and they're encountering the aftermath of some of these like drug trips gone wrong and that's kind of your, your first sort of section of the movie and it's just playing out and I'm like okay this is a, you know it's a pretty solidly made film so far it's doing some interesting things but in the back of my head I was like well, if this gets to the end, then I feel like it barely qualifies as sci-fi and I'm going to be like, <laughs> oh shit. Needless to say, it definitely goes full science fiction at a certain point in the movie. <laughs> totally. So, have no fear. I do think it's a spoiler to say how it becomes science fiction, but rest assured that if you're only watching the spoiler-free part of this review, it does go full sci-fi. So, do yep. not fear. Do not fear. Uh, I was never worried because I think all of their films are sort of sci-fi adjacent, aren't they? Uh, endless, obviously, but no. Nah, Spring, <laughs> I'd say, is more like mythological, like horror mixed with romance. So there's not really science fiction in that, but that's certainly a genre piece. It's not. Um, yeah. So and I think the their first film is just two guys in a cabin, which maybe is a horror thing, but I thought that they were they were also in. The endless, so like those worlds are connected. So no, I was thinking it, maybe it, there's a little bit of sci-fi there. I don't know. No, it's definitely. I don't know. I've not seen that movie. That's the one film of theirs I've not seen. But it's definitely sci-fi because the whole concept of that 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 those two characters' stories are stuck in some sort of weird time bubble slash loop. So, well, uh, in the endless, it is. But is that the case in that movie also? Re- is it resolution or something? Yeah, resolution. Well, I assume. So. I assume it's at least hinted at in that movie because I mean that's the 
Like, it's not, I mean, the, the, they're trapped in that, but like, yeah, I don't, like, yes. Why would you think it's anything else? <laughs> because I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, nor have I, which is why I'm just, like, that's what they say off in that movie. I don't know if movie. they were like an Easter egg in their third film, or if they were like, this is a continuation of that story in a way. Oh, no, it's, or it's, that story from another perspective. No, it's, it's definitely, it is in continuity with that movie. It's not, it's just, okay. like, completely, it, it, technically the Endless is kind of a sequel of sorts. Okay. So. It's been a I while mean, since we talked about it. I'm sure we brought it up, but I don't remember. <laughs> um, we skipped it. We we didn't watch that. We were supposed to watch them in order. Well, yeah, because uh, I, I was not informed it was the follow-up. Uh, to another movie, technically. I mean, it's very it's standalone. True. They didn't call it part two. But um, had I had I known, I would have I would have made us watch the other one first. Had I, had I known, <laughs> and we should probably still go back and watch Resolution at some point. But um, anywho, Synchronic. We have to have it Synchronic. Um, what did you think? I think it's pretty good. Um, it's definitely their um, easiest. I mean, compared to the endless, it's a lot easier to follow what's happening. Cause, and it's, I'm really glad that the directors are not acting in this one. Cause I think that was a, um, a, a downside of watching the endless, um, which they were good in it, you know, for an, for a low budget indie film, but they were also surrounded by actors and you can kind of tell, but in this one, you know, you get professional guys. They're, they're great. I think some of the, I think the chemistry between um, Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan, does that sound right? That's correct. Um, it's, it's pretty good. Like I buy them as friends. I think some of the like more monologue-y speeches or like storytelling scenes kind of come off a bit awkward, but um, maybe that's just a writing thing because they're very good actors. But, you know, as far as the sci-fi ideas go, it's just like with The Endless, I thought the ideas were were interesting and um you know so there's only so much i could say without the spoiler section but um i am still looking forward to the next thing they do okay yeah um so i i like spring quite a bit now admittedly mm -hmm. the horror element of it was the by far the weakest part and just the, the the raw romance was very very good uh, the Endless, I kind of agree with you. The IDs were really solid. I kind of dug a lot of what it was doing, but I wouldn't say overall it's a film that I loved because of just how rough it was around the edges. Um, I think this... I'd, I'd have to go back and watch Spring again to really sort of say which one I prefer, but I do think this is a better movie than The Endless. I think it's a bit more refined, and part of that maybe because they're not acting it themselves and they've, they've got, you know, actual actors. And for the record... Uh, Jamie Dornan has way better chemistry with Anthony Mackie than he ever did with uh, the the female lead of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'll have to take your word for it. Yes, I have seen two of those so far. I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud of it, mm -hmm. but I have, and they have no chemistry in that movie. So it was it was just it was odd seeing him come off as a natural human being that wasn't written as some weird, well, creep. <laughs> to, to, to put it. <laughs> Simply. I'm uh, sure he would agree with you. I don't think he's fond of those films either. But he's that, fond of money. I, that does not surprise me. I, I think mm -hmm. that's fair. Um, yeah, I obviously Anthony Mackie is the main star, though. I mean, it sort of starts off as a duo, but it, it kind of really becomes his film uh, the more it mm -hmm. goes on. And he's definitely the, the lead character. And this movie, 
much like the endless plays with some sort of weirder ideas where some of the the visuals we get and some of the the way just right from the start of the film the, the effects we get and we, when we see what happens to people who are taking this drug and what they see and we see it from their perspective we get a lot of very interesting and diverse visuals mm-hmm. kind of dreamlike but with a, a specific kind of type of dreamlike but it, obviously as it goes on we get more context for actually yeah. what's happening but those i think play off really well i think this felt like a really confident film in the way like because the endless if i remember correctly was like about two hours i want to say and not that it was like super overly long or anything but that this one's a bit tighter at one over 40 and i kind of felt a more just confident hand in the script and in the direction where it felt like it had this direction it wanted to go and it knew what beats it wanted to put down although that said i actually do think there's a couple of and maybe that's just because I went in as blind as I could. But I, there was a couple of things that I thought were almost like red herrings, but not in like a, a plot way, just red herrings in a, oh, I wonder, is this what this movie is going to be? There was a couple of times where I thought I knew what the movie was going to kind of be, and then it didn't. It went into what it actually was going to be. But the, I'll, I'll get into that in spoilers, what I, th- what I thought. But <laughs> there was a couple of moments where I thought, oh, it's going to be like this. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It went down its own path and it's actually kind of funny looking back at the first like 20 30 minutes of the movie once you do know where it's going and going huh i just kind of feel it will transitioned into like something that's a little bit different and i almost wonder like how those early scenes play off on a rewatch now like now i know where it's going i'm very curious and i do think it's going to be worth a rewatch at some point to see how those mm-hmm. scenes play knowing what path it takes and maybe looking at those early drug trips in the context of knowing What's, what's actually happening to yeah. him? Yeah, I, I, I think you know there's some, some interesting stuff there, uh, but the concepts are fun. Um, I kind of like the sort of sci-fi concepts that these guys do like to tackle. Uh, they they kind of speak to me, and because because the cat the especially this one like there's literally at one point like a whiteboard with a list of rules, and you know me, <laughs> I love rules when it comes to setting up some sort of sci-fi concept because it makes it feel like okay the characters are figuring things out they're they're coming at it with a scientific method mm-hmm. uh and you know there's going to be some rules in context and yeah can... well Mackie refers to himself as an as a armchair scientist of some type I, a I, physicist i, I was a physicist yes <laughs> yes uh, which is separate from everything... like the ideas but not the math this is separate from everything else that's going on earlier in the movie he just has this he's talking to uh someone because he's a paramedic and they've got like an injured man in the back of the the ambulance and he's just talking to him, and he talks about how yes, he 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 loved physics, but not equations or anything like that, not numbers, just the, the theories <laughs> of physics. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts talking about. I do too. Yeah, I do. I guess <laughs> if someone can like break, like I like a Brian Green book where he just breaks it down for us, dum dums, <laughs> <laughs> or a Stephen Hawking book. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that there's a character who says something like that in here, because I feel like if you are a, a fan of science fiction, to some extent, you do kind of agree with that sentiment, even if I wouldn't say that about myself. At my core, I guess I kind of do, because mm-hmm. my favorite type of science fiction tends to be when it is kind of based on a more grounded, like... Something tangible. Yeah, yeah like, it's not even, I don't even like the word grounded. I, I just kind of mean, like, they sort of present it as, okay, what if... And then we still try to follow the rules of physics around the one key thing we've changed to make the, the plot happen. And then yeah. use physics beyond that point to kind of make it work. Like, I kind of like... I, I, I mean, that's... 
you're just sort of describing Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more of a primer or more, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that, but sure. Yeah, well, Star Trek is based around like real things in physics, but then it, everything is solved by reversing polarity from the deflector dish and rerouting into the auxiliary system. Which is why, it's, which is it's why like that... putting too much air into a balloon. <laughs> See, I think the expanse from everything I know from people who have like know anything about science and physics who have watched that show say it's the most accurate thing that anyone's ever done set in space. As far as like mm -hmm. what space travel and space combat would be like, Star Trek. Well, there may be some stuff based in, you know, science. Well, it, it still has to be entertaining. Are you implying that the expanse is not entertaining? I don't know. I've not seen it. Yeah. Well, exactly. So. How dare you? <laughs> but <laughs> but I I think that's when I when I really like stuff. And while obviously I'm not saying this movie is exactly like that because it's not. Like this movie presents a really out there concept once it gets going. But it kind of does give itself some rules, and it says this is why this works with this character and why it does this and what's going on. And uh, here's some simple rules which. There's a little bit of vagueness so that we can have a little bit of ambiguity at a certain mm -hmm. point, which, you know, we'll get into and I'm sure we'll debate a little bit about uh, how we thought this ended. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll just have the exact same opinion. I mean, I, I have no idea, but... Yeah, maybe. It, it, but it is open for some debate, I think. There is definitely a little bit of the uh, the spinning top, Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of a, ah, they didn't answer that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think it says a lot about, I think, uh, someone's philosophy whether or not they choose to go with one answer or the other i think <laughs> so yeah i can see that so i do like the idea of the the leads being paramedics also it's just not a thing that i've seen very much of and it it seems like um like the 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 guys the directors like probably did lots of ride-alongs or something because it it seems very natural like the way they talk and um, what their nights are like and their personalities because they're constantly dealing with death all the time. Uh, maybe, yeah. I know it's, you're right, though. It's an interesting uh, profession because we're, you know, we're so used to cops and... Yeah, relative like doctors or nurses. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're less... Time. Obviously, cops are the most common, but yeah, doctors, nurses, lawyers, like, there's a lot of professions that are used a lot as for protagonists, uh, paramedics. I feel like... There's other random things that are more common than paramedics, even though paramedics would clearly be a very eventful, uh, you know, vocation to have. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen more movies and TV shows about, like, garbage men <laughs> than I have about paramedics. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. Like, I think that's no, just no, true. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, or delivery drivers. I feel like I've seen more shows about, you know, a, a FedEx driver or something equivalent. King of Queens, like, the main character in that was, I think it was UPS, but or maybe it was a made up one I can't remember but it doesn't matter the point is is that I've seen more delivery driver protagonists sure. than I have paramedics right yeah it's just interesting that I, I don't think I've seen anything before like there's always there'll be like a, a scene in an ambulance but you don't follow yeah. the paramedic yeah the paramedic is usually there for the, the serial killer they've just picked up to like kill when he escapes the ambulance that's usually yeah. what they're there for um, I suppose for the zombie to come back alive and I suppose everyone in the truck. paramedics, in a way, are more of a pickup driver when you think about it. <laughs> mm. They're picking, they're picking up on location. 
Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, sensitive packages. Uh, fragile. Do not <laughs> handle with care. Right. <laughs> so, now nah, characters are interesting. Um, you know, Anthony Mackie's character, Steve, he has kind of obviously the, the, the core character arc. And, he, I mean, not to say that the Dennis Taylor character doesn't, because he, he does have an arc as well. He's very mm-hmm. important to the themes of the film, and the, them, their friendship is very important to the themes of the film. But um, S- Steve, you know, gets some pretty big news early on in the film uh, about his health. Which I don't think is too spoiler to say that because it's just kind of a setup for the character, but that sort of makes him sort of reconsider his life and all these things, and that kind of ties into choices he's going to make and other stuff like that. So I, I think where it goes with those characters and kind of the the final points about life uh, it wants to make, I, I I think are actually, I mean, you, you can boil it down to like you know cherish life right and sure if you boil it down to that it sounds a bit simplistic but i do think the way it kind of explores these two specific characters because dennis is a family man he's got a wife he's got a a teenage daughter who's like 18 and getting ready to move out as well as a Mm -hmm. a baby who's you know like one or something and uh anyway it sounds like the first kid was you know maybe why they got married (laughs) like that that was the accident at the start of the relationship and then it's like okay i guess we're kind of and Anthony Mackie, on the other hand, has Steve character. He's the playboy who's been just been sleeping around his whole life. And now that he's, you know, in his 40s, he's like, you know, a bit of a job. Maybe I've made a huge mistake not yeah, looking for something yeah. more meaningful kind of thing. Hook it up with, I mean, the girls are probably getting younger, you know, because he's getting older. And so now it's, yeah, things are probably just catching up to him. Like well, the- he feels old because he's around younger people too. And I think I, th- I actually I enjoy the two, you know, dynamics bet- of the different characters when they interact, like they both sort of long for the other person's life. And I think it's a smart idea for, for, um, uh, Jamie Dornan's character, um, to have like this thing he's going through where his accidental child, which we, we assume she is, um, is 18 so she's the age of where you know she's in college she's basically an adult and doing her own thing now but then he has a baby a one-year-old so like he's always longing to have this other life and now it's just starting over again where it's like i'm gonna have to wait another 18 years because for for this to for my opportunity and by then i'll be too old and so like he's really like just ruminating and his friend's his best friend's life <laughs> I try um and it's particularly hard I think because he's you know everything's resetting again yeah they're, they're both kind of coming to terms with being unhappy with who they are and they both mm-hmm. look at the other person's life as more desirable and that's kind of yeah. a part of the, the themes of the film and what it's playing with um so nah I, 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 I think it does some interesting stuff with that uh, it does. There is a couple of things that feel like it. There's a narrative device that's used a couple of times that I felt it was it was setting something up, which is why I thought the film was going to be something a little bit different at a certain point. Because mm-hmm. when we talk about it switching into what it becomes and really sort of like, okay, that's what this movie is, right? And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. That's like halfway through the movie, or maybe just before halfway. So it's, it's something in that realm. There's a mm-hmm. good period of time before that where you're kind of waiting for the okay, what is you know. Where is this actually 
you know, kicking into some sort. And it's not that it's bad, but I'm not saying I was waiting for it and that it's not doing something or it's not being interesting. It, it, it's actually a very entertaining, almost like mystery of like they keep finding what's like, happening the, to all these teenagers. And yeah, stuff, they, yeah, they keep finding the, the 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 wrappers of this drug, which you can just buy in a couple of stores at these different like you know victim scenes, you know. Um, and and they're all like gruesome deaths or like people just barely holding on to life. Yeah. And they're all kind of mysterious. They can't really explain a lot, a lot of them. They'll just try to like do the best they can. But you've got kind of that mystery, almost like thriller element of it where it's making Anthony Mackie a bit more curious and like, what's going on here? This, is, this isn't right. Like, what's happening? And you've got that kind of that mixed with his personal stuff. So it's actually a very interesting film. Like it, when, I, when I'm saying it doesn't really become what it's going to be until like halfway through, I'm not saying I was waiting for something interesting to happen because that's not the case at all. It just becomes... Mm-hmm. What what you're going to talk about when you talk about this movie and remember it for, is what it becomes halfway through. Is what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So, which is why it makes it a little bit difficult to talk about uh, and spoiler free. Which is why we're probably ready about going to spoilers. But uh, I, I think I want to make that clear: is that it is actually a very engaging film because of the characters, mm-hmm. because of the drama, because of the mysterious deaths and some of the the visuals that's used. Because uh, we we do open with a couple of characters who are on the drug. Uh, to sort of give us a sort of a, a visual spectacle to kick off with, and then it settles us into introducing our main characters and all the rest of it. And it's got a tone, it's got a vibe, it's, it's got kind of a a gloomy, dark feel to the whole thing because they are, you know, because the characters all are a little bit sad <laughs> in, in a way. So the film feels a little bit sad, and mm-hmm. like it's not, it's not a happy world that they live in. Yeah, so. I also want to say it's not too dissimilar from the two main characters of the Endless and their struggle for like wanting to have purpose in life and one being more jealous of the other one for the way they are, for the way they get to live. You could probably argue that it's maybe just them refining an idea that they thought they did a good job on, but they thought they could have, they could have done even better. And that's, this is them. Or it could just be a case of this is something they're going to keep coming back to. In the way that a lot of directors have a couple of themes they always like to return to. And maybe this idea of like two characters who are like kind of different, like clashing or, having this friendship or brotherhood because these characters obviously aren't brothers but they, they it feels like they have a it feels like they've been together as friend best friends for decades mm-hmm. uh if i you know he, i think anthony mackie mentions at one point they introduced him to his wife which was at least 18 years ago <laughs> so yeah. they've been together for a long ass time mm-hmm. uh so yeah th- th- those ideas of brotherhood and all those things are, are there um I, I guess minor shout I, I mentioned this before we started actually but uh Dennis's wife in the film is named Tara, but they pronounce it so goddamn weird that I didn't know her name was. I thought it was Tori, until I saw the name on IMDb. So just it's know. exciting. I never see my name in the IMDb list <laughs> or hear it on TV. You should watch the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, that is in there, huh? There's some quality Tara time on that show <laughs> yeah i suppose that's true particularly seasons four through six you'll find a lot of tower <laughs> i only got through season four so i i do remember her actually and that is a popular show but i didn't really watch oh, you didn't even get to the it. part where amy <laughs> adams shows up as her cousin you didn't even get to the tower's extended family nope nope there was a Tara on Sons of Anarchy. I watched the first season of that uh, reluctantly, and I didn't like it. And I really didn't like the character of Tara on that show either. 
Was that uh, Peggy Bundy playing Tara? No, no, it was the younger girl. It's the only one I but know. But they had a lot of scenes together. It's the only woman I know is in that show. I was going to say it's yeah. the only actor, but that's not true, because I know Ron Perlman's in it. <laughs> it's hard not to know Ron Perlman. He's delightful. <laughs> delightful man. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's quite a spoiler. And my name does come from a movie, but Peter said I shouldn't say which one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that sitting there, and people can wonder. That's more mysterious that way. Uh, so... <laughs> That's great. Spoilers. Full spoilers for Synchronic. From this point on, you have been warned. This is a time travel movie. (laughs) 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 Do you know what? So, and I like how this is set up because you have the idea uh, that Anthony Mackie's character, Steve, uh, and a scene that made me smile with glee. Not because it's not uncomfortable or, like, disturbing to watch, but because I know that if I made Connor watch this movie, he'd have a heart attack because he hates needles, right? Oh. So there's a scene early on where they go to, like, the, the, the first, like, victim scene. That's not, I mean, that's not victims, per se, but you know what I mean. Uh, the first ODs, right? Their first kills. <laughs> and he's helping, like, a kid who's, like, struggling to breathe. And when I say kid, we're, we're talking, like, late teens here, right? They're just Because even... Yeah, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, because... Experimental when, phase, college years. Well, yeah, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that Brianna, we know she's 18, but clearly she's still young enough for this... Uh, her her gland is not calcified yet. More than that in a minute. But, um, no, so Anthony Mackey is, uh, like, helping this, this, this young person, and he goes, ow, and he picks up his hand, and there's a, just a needle, like a syringe, just dangling from his hand, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. Yeah, it was a bit of body horror. There's a lot of like gore in this too. People have some gruesome deaths in it. And he goes to obviously when he's like, he, he finishes his job for the night. But he goes to the, obviously the doctor to get checked up, get some shots because he's he's been hit with a needle. And the nurse yeah, is like, get some blood work done. And the nurse is like, look, like I've never actually had a positive like test for HIV from a needle. I mean, it's possible. So, but don't worry too much, right? I think you're going to be fine. He's like, yeah, I'm a bit hungover, whatever. Um. But then he gets a call, clearly, and they're testing and they've found something. And he goes to the doctor, and the doctor makes him go for an MRI. And lo and behold, there is... There is a tumor! There's a tumor! <laughs> There's a tumor! And It is a tumor! So obviously this is very sad and depressing news. Um, but he points out that it's in kind of a weird spot. It's actually in a... Sl- Usually when someone gets a tumor in that part of the brain, it's a little bit lower down or whatever. And he explains that that gland that he's got is a bit weird because because he's a man in his 40s, it should look different. But it looks like teenagers. And obviously at this point in the movie, it's just kind of like, okay, this is an interesting thing to bring up. But at this point, we don't know why that's important, right? For the relevance of the plot. We just, okay, interesting. Uh, and obviously he's dealing with this. He doesn't want to tell his friend. He's like, he's too scared to tell him. He, he keeps this to himself. He goes for chemo a couple of times. We see him throwing up. And this is actually the point. We'll go back and talk about the the various ODs because I think they're all interesting on their own. But mm-hmm. at this point in the film, when he's going for chemo and he's throwing up, it started to cut back to like previous conversations, but we were seeing parts of the conversation we hadn't seen yet. So it was doing this sort of jumping around the narrative. And I genuinely thought, um, especially when it brought up this, the, the synchronic drug was like, oh, like you, you see time differently, right? And I thought, wait, is is that what this movie is going to be? Is that 
we're going to start seeing this out of order and we're going to realize that he is actually jumping through all these different parts of time uh mm-hmm. and experiencing them all out of order and like we're seeing it this way and it's going to get more complicated as it goes and it's not that at all like it does it a few times and then it kind of lets it go and the movie just goes on but there was yeah, enough it's of, more it. of a just a narrative choice of like we want to hold this until yeah like, the but end. but because it was playing with like it was starting to bring up the concept of seeing time differently when you're on synchronic because mm-hmm. because uh, so the anthony mackie after he discovers this he goes to like the store that he knows that this was that was selling the drug because there was like a bag at one of the scenes and he buys up all the synchronic they've got left and you're thinking wait is he going to do something stupid because he's dying and he feels like he might as well but he's not he's mm-hmm. actually like going to buy it all so no one else can buy it because like, everyone has these gruesome deaths who take yeah. it he's seen all these horrible <laughs> murders so he's actually doing a really noble thing and this guy tries to buy it off of him and then follows him to his house uh, and explains to him that he's actually the guy who created it. He's he, he's trying to basically do what Anthony Mackie was doing. Is he was trying to track it down so he can get rid of it. Because it turns out that it, for adults, it's fairly safe. And by adults, we don't necessarily mean just as soon as you turn 18, obviously. Because clearly people who are 18 to like 20 are still having the extreme effects. But for adults, it just lets you see time differently. Like you see time all at once. And he compares it to like a vinyl record and like how all the tracks are there but you like but when you're on the drug you're seeing all the tracks at the same time so it's kind of this weird yeah thing. it's the uh dr manhattan effect and we never see what this is like for someone who's of age we never actually get an example of this we just hear him describe it but he says that because and he mentions the same gland right because they're not calcified yet he's like young people have a different experience where they just go somewhere right mm-hmm. Because the, 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 like their, their brain's not developed enough. And of course, this is the moment where you go, wait a minute, Anthony Mackie's brain is just like, like the young people's. This like a is teenager's going, brain. This is going Which to is be... why he's a, a man-child also, maybe. It, <laughs> okay, so... Well, maybe, because like the... I just watched... Well, I, not just, a, a few weeks ago. I watched the movie From Beyond, which is also like very much focused on the pineal gland in the brain. Because that is like the source of, I don't know, um, I don't say like pleasure receptors, but that might be it because, you know, it's a Stuart Gordon movie. <laughs> so, and given the themes of that film. And uh, so now whenever people mention Pineal Glen, <laughs> I just think of the thing coming out of, out of uh, Jeffrey Combs' forehead. Because he's so stimulated, his Pineal Glen is so stimulated that it becomes like an antenna grows out of his head that was a wonderful tangent <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um, <laughs> so so maybe it is connected but this, this guy explains this and it's, you know, it's a sort of entertaining scene because Anthony Mackie's like threatening with a baseball bat because you know this guy has broken into his house uh, which by the way yeah. I didn't realize so we actually see this this place earlier on in the film but I assumed it was the random woman that he'd slept with's house because he leaves her there mm. um, and then I remembered that when he was leaving he said oh make sure he you lock the, the door when you yeah. leave and I was like oh wait he was just leaving this random woman like and he's <laughs> yeah. like what who gave him a handshake yes because he, he goes to <laughs> That's like such kiss, a cold move he goes to kiss her on the cheek <laughs> after they've clearly slept together right and, yeah and the, he's woken up early because he's got work and he goes for it just to peck her in the cheek, which is the even if you're not feeling the like those potential for more of this, it's a peck in the cheek. Like you've just had sex. Is it really that yeah, much of a big deal? I, 
sticking your hand out for a for a handshake is definitely an ender. Like that's it. Yes. <laughs> that's gonna happen after a handshake. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'll, she doesn't know this, I suppose. But I mean, we know she needn't worry given his track record at this point. Like we've we've heard it at multiple points in this film that he he he's a once and gone type of guy. <laughs> yeah, but still, it probably hurt a little bit. Like, damn, cold. She yeah. says it was nice to meet you. It was like it was nice to meet you too. Yeah. Gives him a handshake in his own bed. I feel like I feel like this is the you know, episode of Black Mirror where they rate each other after every interaction. I feel like this is like the phone should have came out and should have given her like, yeah, solid three stars. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> not standout, amazing. You know, three point no. six. Not great. Not terrible. Maybe at a maybe at a bar at the end of the night and she's the only one left. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Oh dear. So, yeah. So, so this this doctor explains this stuff, and Anthony Mackie says he's flushed it all away. But then we see that he's not. He's still, he, he did throw it away, but he just threw it in the trash, right? So, it's down there, and he makes this choice to to take the drug. And I'm going to pause this here, and we'll come back to this and continue from here. I want to talk about the other like all the crime scene style things from earlier on because they're all quite mm-hmm. interesting. Um. So we, we get the glimpse of two people who are together in a hotel room taking the drug and like the woman who's left on the bed, she sees like a guy with a mask and it's like, you know, tribal times and then she's bit by a snake. Uh, whereas the guy like goes into an elevator and then it's, it's like he's falling through like the sky in a desert and it, it's just, it's, it's really pretty stuff. And then we cut to our main characters and they show up to another scene and the only thing I'll say about this that I will critique is that the guy that was stabbed at this crime scene had a very similar beard, I thought, to the guy that was in the opening scene. So I actually thought it was the same guy until they yeah, went to the I other crime scene. Yeah, when the, Because we the, didn't really know what was happening yet. Yeah, because the second crime scene they go to... I, I'm calling them crime scene, for lack of a better term. The second crime scene... Uh, it probably works. Is the, ...is the people we saw in the opening. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Which, by the way, the visual of the guy who went down the elevator shaft where he's like his legs like sitting on top of his chest and he, but he's got <laughs> this big like behind his head and he's got a big <laughs> smell in his face though as he's lying there in pieces just like completely dead um <laughs> it's wonderful stuff uh yeah. and the, the women get bit by a snake uh but they can't find a snake uh the yeah i thought it was a little convenient that the the other guy that was there knew exactly what kind of snake probably did it even though it hasn't been in that area for decades he said but you know, i mean he was animal control so maybe he would know you know what's funny about that is that at the time it didn't bother me i just thought it was a quirky gimmick that this guy was such an expert on snakes <laughs> but in hindsight because he had that specific line of oh they have not been here in so long i'm like okay that was maybe a little bit too set up <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are and, a couple lines that made me giggle yeah in this and uh, I, I know they're not intended to but another one was uh he brings up the paleo diet and that made me laugh. And then there's a, oh, there's like a super serious scene with, uh, with Jamie Dornan. He's t- telling his wife, Tara, about like the, a story about, about Steve's character. And he's, he ends it and like, and that was his 30th birthday. And that made me laugh so much. <laughs> I don't know. It was just the... Like, the extra cherry on top of like this painful story. <laughs> well, a little over the top, but at times, yeah. No, I I, yeah. I get it. 
Um, I'll get back to that a, a later though, because I don't want to talk about that story. But <laughs> so you have the 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 the, the first guy they go to has been like stabbed by like some what seems to be like a really big blade, but there's like no sword, it's like it's hanging around. Um, and then the direct the victim they get to like the third one they go to is like a which actually I got a really good laugh out of this actually. Uh, which is they show up to this third scene and there's like a charred body. So it's just like a skeleton <laughs> that's just like charred. Yeah. And they say, why did you call us? And the cops, because like they said there's a burn victim and the cop goes, this is a, this is him. Here's like, this isn't a burn victim, this is a body. <laughs> We're, we come for the living yeah. people. The cop's like, well, the new guy did it. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not too bright. The cops in this movie are depicted as like really dumb. Yeah, yeah, uh, in the opening uh, like sequences with them going to the first crime scene, Anthony Mackie's wearing like a random top because he grabbed the wrong clothes on his way out of his uh, apartment. Because again, he's had a one night stand, as as we've, yeah. we've heard that he has a lot of. And the a cop sneaks up behind him and tells him to freeze, and like it takes him a minute to realize, oh wait, it's the paramedic dude that I've clearly you know seen before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I don't know. What was it? He says, "Is oh, you what do you expect when you come in dressed like Tupac?" I think was the the line of dialogue he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's wearing a football jersey, but which ob- ob- obviously <laughs> it comes off a little racist. And I get which I actually do think smart foreshadowing, given some right. of the some of the things we go to in the back half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although, what actually reminds me of my favorite, because uh, as funny as the the, the burn victim moment is. My funniest moment of this whole movie, which is not like super funny, but there's a couple of good like intentional jokes, is actually when he's they're at the the, the baby's birthday, and mm-hmm. he says, "Oh, let me hold the baby," and they give give him their baby, and the baby like immediately starts crying, and like so I just give him back and or give her back. I can't remember what the baby was, and mm-hmm. he hands the baby back, and he just turns to uh you know Dennis Jimmy Doran's character and goes, "Racist baby," <laughs> and it just really <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah i always make babies cry just so the mother has to take them back i just don't i don't want to hold your baby <laughs> i know you need a break but i'm just so bad at babies how do you achieve making the baby cry consistently um it doesn't it doesn't take much it's just uh you you hold them awkwardly they realize that you're not their mother and then they start crying you just offer them no comfort mm-hmm. <laughs> You just that stare into awful. their eyes like you have no soul. Just... Yeah, it's just like, oh, thanks for holding, giving me your baby. I guess I'll... Oh, no, no, I know I'm not you. Sorry, you'll have to take the baby back. It's, it's beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, all, all these scenes are all very interesting. Obviously, this is all sort of starting to interlink with him finding out about his illness. Um... There is a couple of like weird coincidence things. Uh, the the story because we we has we get a couple of quick flashes at various points in the film of like these like coffins washing up on shore, and I I thought it was like a dream sequence that maybe it was cutting back to or something. It wasn't until Jamie Dorham's character tells this story to his wife that this is something that actually happened uh, after Katrina, where mm. some cemeteries like the water actually like lifted the you know the graves you know the the, the caskets basically. And it's like okay, okay, that's pretty dark. And I thought, and I thought he was going to tell a dark story where one of the coffin lids was open, and Anthony Mackie saw, you know, a, a dead child skeleton, and it, you know, it was this like big moment for him. But they, they they go one step further, and it's a giant step further where this uh, is. They actually... take like four steps further. 
this is actually Anthony Mackie's family. This is like his mm-hmm. dead parents and sister who all died yeah. in an accident at some point in his they life. They all floated together. It just, it was like, okay, that was, this, was, this was a bit hard to swallow. This was all a bit much. Yeah. On his 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, about 10 or so years ago. Because I know, I know Anthony Mackie at least turned 40, like, I don't know, a year or two ago. So I'm just assuming he's about that age in the movie as well. Yeah. That's the reason. Um, so, yeah, I, like, it, I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about that scene until you brought it up because it actually is kind of, like, you can just forget about it, honestly. I'm sure, like, someone's going to thematically think of a good reason why it exists in the movie, but it's so overly dramatic, or honestly, overly melodramatic that mm-hmm. I think the movie would be better if you just cut it. Yeah, I guess it's trying to justify, like, why he's such a player or like why he's trying to search for like a quick thrill he's, he's scared of loss he lost his whole family so he doesn't like the idea of starting his own because yeah not just that but like the graves were were looted like before that they were able to get to them sure yeah, yeah. so like he it wasn't just that he saw his like baby sister's corpse but that like they were also robbed <laughs> like grave robbed and uh yeah all three of them were together and then his friend, uh, Dornan, is the one who passed out because he was thinking of his daughter the whole time, who was, like, around that age. Yeah, she would have been, she would have been like, eight or something at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's just that overly tough. It's funny, because I actually really like the movie, but I, I think that that scene is, is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things where I mentioned, like, some of the longer dialogue scenes are, and storytelling scenes are a bit awkward. It's just, you know, just a little bit of refining. But of course, the fourth crime scene they go to turns out to have a, a bit of a big coincidence, but this one's important for the plot, so this is the one that you give it leeway on, right? Is mm-hmm. that they go to another scene where some people have taken this drug, someone's, like, out of it. Um, There's another girl who's just... Uh, who doesn't seem to have taken that drug, she's just, like, you know, off her face on something else. And they mention there was another girl there, and then they say Brianna, and that's the, the name of uh, you know, what's his face? Dennis's daughter. So he calls his wife, says, "Is she there?" Like, because obviously he doesn't know for sure it's his daughter, his Brianna at first. But then when she's not at home, it's like, oh shit! Like, you know, she's it, not but, there. Her phone's yeah. disconnected. Yeah, and it, they do seem like pretty easygoing parents in the sense that there's a scene with him where he's playing basketball with her, and he's just trying to talk to her about her grades and why she's kind of in a slump and uh, so on. And there's also a couple of scenes where it shows that. They are quite easygoing parents and that, okay, you're 18, we accept that you are free to go and, like, go out all night if you want, but just do us a favour and, like, text us and let us know so we're not worried. Like, you know, pretty reasonable, you know, modern parenting requests, I think. Yeah. Um, So, like, it, it gives us this thing where she, she comes across as maybe a bit more of a real character because she isn't just the perfect daughter and she, she's a bit of a dropout but not like a total dropout either like she's she's doesn't seem like a complete idiot or anything like that she's just no she's just you know it's having a bit of a existential crisis of like i don't know yeah. what i'm supposed to do like i'm just i'm in college because i'm supposed to but i don't know what i'm uh, no she's not in college doing yet. here she's not in college yet she's still in high I school i thought that's where her grades are going down no no it was high school because because she's talking about uh where she's going to move to uh mm. yeah so um, okay. Well, I was thinking maybe like a community college or like, like in college freshman year, just doing whatever. 
but okay. I mean, she could be in high school too. I don't know about the start She's in high school. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to convince me. <laughs> she's in high school. Um, she's she's turned eighteen before she's finished high school. That's pretty normal. I mean, especially since she's talking about leaving and going off to wherever for possibly college or whatever. Because they because that's their conversation. They even talk about like, does she even want to do that? She doesn't know what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, so, um. But regardless, uh, like, so this is obviously, is like, okay, she's missing, Anthony Mackie's, like, throwing the rest of these drugs away, he yells at the guy for, like, you know, like, and even the woman who's sell- selling them in the stores, he's like, you know, these, this is, like, getting a bunch of kids killed, what the hell are you doing, you should be ashamed of yourself, and, but once he hears all this stuff about what the pill does and how, you know, it sends younger people away somewhere because of their, their different brain, and he's like, oh, my brain's like theirs. Pineal gland. Pineal gland, yeah, what, what? 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 <laughs> I was just repeating it. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to remember. I'm never going to say it consistently. Okay. <laughs> they say it a lot in the movie. That's all. Yeah, sure. Why does it matter? Now it's a thing. It wasn't a thing, and now it's a thing because <laughs> you're trying to make a point of like making me look dumb. No, never. That's not my intention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, he's like, F it. I'm going to take one and see if I go somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find her, right? That's the idea. Uh, if, if she has went somewhere, if she's, if she's physically disappeared somewhere, then I'm going to take one and find it. And, you know, the movie, like, could turn people off at this point, I think. I think when you see him, like, sort of disintegrate and go to a different time, I think that's a jump the shark moment for people who were liking that it wasn't being, like, overtly sci-fi up to that point. So depending on your taste, this might be where you're not thrilled about the direction it's taking. But if you're on board, this is where it kind of really gets interesting and starts really doing some stuff. Where once he does, like he goes back to like when when it's a swamp, there's a gator, <laughs> there's a guy trying to kill him with a spear, and yeah, a conquistador. We, we establish some rules here because he just he travels back to where he was on the couch. And it was seven minutes. That's how long he spends in the past. And then he concludes that that if he's in a different spot, he travels back to a different point in time. So he and we're not talking about a, a vastly different space. We're talking about like three foot over in the same room. Like he's you know, he's on the couch the first time, then the second time he's just on the floor next to the TV, and that takes him to the Ace Age. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is sort of like the. Um comparison to the dropping the needle in on a record like the time mm-hmm. is always there but like depending on where you drop the needle is what you're going to listen to or what you're where you're going to go and so I, it, in this case it's like actually like just your physical like where you're standing is where it depends on which time you're going to go to and this time what i like about it is that he does actually immediately start to freeze and i'm like well it's only seven minutes so you'll probably survive but when he does come back like he is like he has yeah, to go he goes to the ice age in the second one so. yeah so he, he goes to like a warm bath and he's like shivering he's got like be- like you know his beard's all frozen and like so he so he tests the theories like, okay if i do it in the same spot will i go back to the ice age so this time he takes a jacket and a hat and he's got some wood with him he's holding some wood <laughs> so he can start a fire mm-hmm. um and there's a, a a dude here this time who comes up he's very cautious with his spear at first but then he's like no fire he's like you know, enjoy the heat. <laughs> yeah, I saw him like, uh, like going 
he wanted to touch Mackie before like he would do anything. So I wonder if he thought that maybe he was some sort of ghost. Like he, because the the guy was definitely there the first time he went to the yeah, that's exactly it. Also, he, but he was in the distance. He saw him disappear. Yeah, he saw him the yeah. first time, and he saw him disappear. So it was more like a cautious thing. Like, are you actually real? Is this fire real? Or is this some sort of shaman trick? Um, and I like that we get to see the a mammoth. I mean, it's cliche, but I like seeing the woolly mammoth in the background too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. Uh, it's it's, it's not. For a movie about paramedics going around finding like OD victims, there's a lot of mm-hmm. pretty visual <laughs> points with yeah, very different totally. locations. Um, so he's like, "Oh shit, okay." And he's like, "Keep in mind, he's got a limited number of these pills. He, he, he got like maybe eight or nine or something. Like when he he grabbed them." And yeah, the the lady said it was discontinued. Yeah, and, and of course, when he meets the chemist, he's like, "Well, there's only one left that I know of, and I'll take care of it, basically." And then we hear, I don't know when exactly, but on the news, we hear that he, that that chemist died. Yes. Presumably uh, on a bad trip. So he tries it again and he's still testing things, right? He's still, he's like, because the next thing he wants to test, and this is what, like, because he's recording like a video diary of this happening and like the, discussing his like discoveries after each one. And this is what, this is, I love this. I love this problem solving. It's like, okay. Number one, it lasts seven minutes and you come back. Number two, your physical place dictates what time period you go to. But as worth mentioning, you always go to where you're standing in that past, right? Where you're standing changes what time you go to, but it's back to the future rules. You always go back to mm-hmm. that spot in, in history. Um, forget the fact that they are revolving around the sun and stuff. Just go with it. <laughs> right? So just go with it. It's, it's, it's like tied to the core of the earth and you're always the same distance from the core or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway. So he wants to test, oh, what can I take back with me? Can I take back another living thing? Which is yeah. why he takes back his dog. Because obviously his clothes are all coming back with him because that would be awkward if he always showed up naked. Of course, he probably would have frozen to death in seven minutes if he'd went back to the Ice Age naked. Totally. Um, so, he, so he's got a dog, and he's like, "I'm going to take my dog back with me." And yeah, I shouted at my TV like, "You better not let anything happen to that dog." And of course, this is the time where he ends up in a house. Like, there's a house here, but it's in not a good time to be a black person. Let's just say. And this 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 old white guy starts yelling for the police like immediately as soon as he sees him, and he goes out in the run. And he, when he runs into town with the dog, he sees like all these like white people with beards all just starting to look at him like they're about they're about to like saddle up. And he's like, he looks at his timer. He's like, okay, I'm almost going to go. And it was almost that thing where you knew for the irony, this isn't going to happen. Like he's going to discover that he's not going to travel back unless he's maybe in the same spot, which turns out to be the case. He has mm-hmm. to actually be in the original starting spot to travel back. Yeah, because he's got the pineal gland, non-calcified pineal gland. He can get he can get stuck just like uh, just like the girl we think is. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's the idea is that she ended up stuck somehow. Um, so he runs away, hides in the the woods watching the house until it comes time. The the, the only leap here that struck me as a little bit odd is that he just assumes that he has to take another pill to travel back to present day. Which made me question, is like, well, if you stay in the same spot in present day, will you actually snap back to the past? Because that's where you started this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they never go into yeah, that. Yeah, there's a little bit of an Inception thing going on. Like, can you 
take a pill within a time period where you're on a pill? <laughs> I don't know. Will it be longer than seven minutes then? <laughs> well, I never thought about the time thing, but I, I, I guess the question is, is that if he takes the pill in the past and doesn't go to the same spot, because presumably the same spot in the floor will link him back to the same time period. It's like a two-way bridge, right? But if he mm -hmm. was standing in a different spot in the past, he wouldn't travel to his time. He would travel to some other random time. But that yeah. begs the question, if he can stand in the same spot and go back to present day, technically that's going to the future at that point. So it's kind of interesting that the movie never posed the question, is there spots in the, the locations where you will travel to the future instead of the past? Yeah, it's, it's only a one-way direction in this case. Yeah. Well, two-way in the sense that you can come back, but yeah, one-way in the sense that it's never mm -hmm. the future. So it's always like the present is the present and there's nothing beyond that, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, but, but it but does... But the way that time is described is like, oh, you can see all time. Like it's all at, happening at once. Yeah, and, and like I said, if you can take the pill in the past, stand in the right spot and come back to the present, that would imply that you could, if you're in the right spot, it's, and we don't know where those right spots are, but if you could figure out the right spot, you could go into the future. Mm. It seems just as lately as anything else. Yeah, unless um, unless the present is as future as you can go, because I mean, maybe every spot is linked to uh, that. Wouldn't make sense. But like, seemingly, you can stand on any spot in the present and go back to a random time. Like, it's all tethered to the present, no matter where you are on Earth. How do you know it's tethered to the present? What makes you say that? Mm -hmm. Because, um, every spot that you stand on Earth, you're, you are tethered to, like, if you take the pill and you stand somewhere, then it'll go to the past and you are still tethered to the present. Not necessarily to the future. You're not tethered to the present. You're you're tethered to the time you came from. I think that's an important distinction here, because that, that that doesn't mean that there is no future. And like you said, if you go by the we can see all time simultaneously, then the yeah. future exists too. Well, I mean, maybe maybe this is a a thing where the future the future is like we're as as future as it's going to get, and there is no nothing beyond that. I don't know in this case like we're, we're writing it as it's happening and therefore you can't go further than this than the present yeah but i don't think the movie suggests that though if anything the movie suggests the opposite so um i know i get why it's not in the movie i get i get why it opens too many doors and it's not what the movie wants to explore it's just got like a story it needs to stick to um but keep it i mean we only see him try it in like half a dozen spots like yeah, but we see other victims and none of them seem to have any, like, laser beam blast to the chest or... <laughs> that Unless been... that desert one in the beginning is actually the result of global warming. That that would have been an interesting tease, actually, if one of the ODs, that we don't see how it happened, but we just see, like, a like an injury that is like, how did that happen? That's... <laughs> like, it's like a predator gun went through his chest or something. Um, mm. But... There really is nothing to suggest in the film that they can't go into the future. Uh, it just if you were standing on the right spot. The fact the fact that he can take the pill in the past and come back to the present day means that you can... Because technically he's tethered to that time period now. He's not tethered to present day. 
when he does that he he mm-hmm. he makes the opposite trip because he just knows what spot to stand on but he's not tethered to the present day when he makes that jump again but he's right anyway he takes the pill again he runs in the house but there's a bit of drama here of course where you know the, the goddamn kkk run in the door because they're expecting him to show up now because they know there's he's, he's running around and it's like yeah they come in with their hoods and everything the dog runs ready. yeah the dog runs for them and when he travels back to the present even though he, he did he was able to grab the leash uh the dog was too far away from him. so it sounds like you know he sort of comes to the conclusion and obviously it's a very sad scene but it comes to the conclusion that you have to like if you're going to travel with another living person it has to be like proper like hugging style because that's because that's the first time he travels with a dog he's hugging mm-hmm. the dog like it's completely sort of with yeah, him yeah it's it's in contact like he's he's t- touching the the dog i wonder if he was like hugging like a person would he just take back their jacket or does it have to be like does he have to touch skin I mean, well i mean i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know. It's transporter rules. You just gotta hold on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a case of holding on. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the leash is just sort of frayed at the end. You know, it, it was... I, I, I presume it's like... It may even just be a simple case of, like, you have to be touching, but they also have to be in the same, like, spot. Like, we don't know how big these spots are, but presumably they're only a few feet mm-hmm. because of where he does it in his living room. So Why doesn't the couch stay, then? Or like the floorboards he's standing on. Because they're... Because he's not holding those. He's just sitting and standing on them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because if, hol- if he's holding a leash, he's holding it in his hand. So he's actually pulling it with him. He's not, he's not actually holding the couch he's like i mean if he if he held on tight like gripped the arms of the couch maybe, maybe he would bring the couch with him i don't know so it's really sad the dog is left behind although notably there is like a moment here where he looks out the window and he sees the dog for a little bit like he's like the dog's bleeding through time because there was a connection uh and he's, so i guess to say goodbye and it's really sad because now the dog's stuck in like you know the deep south and like a horrible time period they might eat him. They, they might, yeah. Maybe they'll love him. Yeah, he he seemed like a good boy. Mm. Uh, but regardless, obviously, we all think the same thing at this point in the movie. You're thinking he has to go to the spot where she disappeared. And that's where he has to try this. And he goes to that spot, which is just on a roof where, was, where she was hanging out with friends. Or so he believes. Obviously, we find out in a minute that this was not where she was when she she transported uh but he ends up in like proper like tribal times where this this tribe tries to like we don't really know what they're going to do but they 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 talk about like maybe sacrificing him or honoring him but they all sort of grab at him and stuff and what makes this one really awkward is that his landing spot when he traveled here was like halfway up a tree because he like falls out a tree when he arrives so he has to like you know run away from them and climb the tree and get back up to the the top part uh, mm-hmm. so you can get out, which is a, a little bit in the, you know, the, the difficult side. Uh, yeah. So we make the connection here that if he, if he touches something physical from the present, then, then he's able to, to make it back. He doesn't have to take another pill or like, that's all it takes, right? Right. 
Is that well, no, there's it, a physical connection? Well, no, it's not that he doesn't have to take another pill. If, 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 if it's not within the seven minutes, he starts taking another pill. It's more yeah. just that he wasn't necessarily right in the exact space yet, but the chair he was sitting on appeared in the tree, and because he grabbed onto it and he sort of tailed himself to the present, he was able to sort of pull himself into the, the present kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... It's not I was like, worried he was going to, like, apparate in, like, halfway through the roof. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Now he, so yeah. he pulls himself into the present, and, he comes, and it's like an extra little rule, which is important for the ending. Um, there, there is one thing about the ending that doesn't quite make sense to me, which I'll, I'll, I'll get to. But, uh, so obviously, he gets annoyed. The other friend who has survived is there, and she's like, no, she, she wandered off. Like, before. I was like, oh, great, thanks for that. So he's only got a few pills left. I think he's got, like, a two left at this point and he finally meets up with uh, Dennis again who's depressed his wife won't talk to him she's like just locked in a room because her daughter's missing and he's he's been like really like shady and dark because he's, he's just like oh we're gonna have to search the river and she's like why are you assuming she's dead <laughs> can we can we assume that she's alive please and find her so they're, they're a really strained relationship um and him and Anthony Mackie have this big you know, heart to heart, where he reveals he's got his his tumor. Um, he kind of cracks this joke about. I was going to make a joke about your haircut being bad earlier. Uh, you know, implying that he's glad that he didn't. Now that he knows, like, why his hair's probably starting to change. Um, mm-hmm. like, and they have this moment where he's like, "I need to show you something," and he shows him the the video diaries, and he's like in shock about this, and like, "What do we do?" Like, you know, I I should be the one to go back. It's my daughter. And he's like, "No, it can't be you." Like, it has to be me. Like, you know, the, the, like fate dealt us this hand where, like, it ha- I'm the only one who can try and save her if this is where she is, if this is what's happened. And they come to the conclusion that she might have left a message that would have been permanent. And you kind of know where they're going with this because there's a scene, like, back at the baby's birthday party, which was at this, like, you know, sort of, like, by the river. There's, like, a mm-hmm. rock that she liked to sit on that has, like, someone carved the word always into it, but it was, like, misspelled. It had two L's, uh, which, if you read it and assume there's a space, it would read as always, which I thought was an interesting thing to think about, just in terms of what that might mean. But they go to this rock, and, okay, this, this has to be the spot, right? Uh, she likes to come here and look out into the water. This is our best bet. So, I really... Well, I, also, that was the last thing that... that- Dornan said to her was the word always. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really like how it cuts into uh, him disappearing here because uh, mm-hmm. Doran's talking to Anthony Mackie the whole time. He, and Anthony Mackie's sitting in the rock. He's waiting for the pill to kick in. And he's like basically pouring out his heart and he says a lot of nice things. And then he's, he's, he's about to go into another part and then he turns and looks and he's just gone. And the way the camera cuts to it is very nicely done because we don't yeah, realize... You hear the drop of, like, the bottle or glass that he's drinking out of. Yeah, but I think that happens on the cut, though. So it's not like you sort of, like, know before it cuts. It sort of happens on the cut where it kind of just, like, it's like a sort of shock moment for him where he's like, shit. Like, he saw the footage, but obviously mm-hmm. in the back of his head, he's probably still not convinced. Like, okay, we're doing this thing, but does he really believe that he's going to time travel? And then he looks over and, like, he's not there. He's disappeared. It's like, oh, <laughs> I-, I guess this, I guess this was true. Uh, so he ends up in the Civil War, and it's like a battlefield. It's like, you know, there's like... Fire. Fire bombs are going off. Uh, there's a trench. There's like dead bodies everywhere. And he's <laughs> running dead around. Dead bodies full of millennials. 
<laughs> it what? They, they all have that millennial look, you know, the beard and the... Nothing. It's making a stupid joke. I don't get it. <laughs> you don't think, like, the millennial guy looks like a someone from the Civil War? The millennial guy? Who's the millennial guy? Millennial. You know, our age group. <laughs> no, I know what millennial means, but who's millennial? Who are you talking about? All the dead people. <laughs> Never mind. Wait, are you arguing they don't look uh, time appropriate? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying they all look like people that I see at a brewery <laughs> in present day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you hate this so much. <laughs> I just I don't know. You said that in a really confusing Like, I'm tired, okay? You said that in a really confusing way. And I'm like, what are I you talking about? I probably did. I'm tired also. <laughs> what about millennial? What are you talking about? I guess, I, does Anthony Mackie... No, I think Anthony Mackie's slightly too old. I think he's technically Gen X. But, regardless. He finds her. He finds her in a trench. <laughs> Tara's an idiot in there because I completely no-sold her millennial joke. <laughs> What happens next? <laughs> so yes, uh, he finds her. Uh, she's got like you know one of the red coats on. Uh, she's uh, honestly they don't really give us much of an indication of how long she's experienced being here. Like, has it been like real time where because she's been missing for like X number of days, she's been here for X number of days, or is he like because he's jumped back in time is it is it not moving at the same rate or is it literally just minutes after she's gotten here i mean the fact that she's wearing the coat and looks all dirty would imply that she's maybe been here for at least a while like you know hours at least but uh yeah it doesn't doesn't specify which is fine it's not a big deal but it's, it's just you know one of those things that you think about a little bit uh but he's like look here's a pill take this uh which i thought was weird because he's only got the one pill left to give to her and all i thought was but you established that if you just hug her, if you go back with her and hug her, you've got a second chance because you've got another pill. Mm -hmm. well, why give her a, a, a pill too? And I, I guess you're giving her a separate chance on her own, but you could have two chances of getting both of you back rather than one of each, which I thought was weird. I also thought it was kind of weird that she transferred... The transferred? I guess that works. She, but she, she, she went to the future sitting on the rock before Anthony Mackie's seven minutes ran up, when she took the pill after he was already there and had been looking for her for a couple of minutes. That was a bit strange, I thought. Did that make sense to you? Um, no. No, it doesn't. That's a fair answer. <laughs> Unless they were there longer than seven minutes anyway, and he was just like... Well, I can't. I can't make it back there unless unless you take the pill and then hug me, and I'm gonna have you take it just for safety reasons because it's more important that you get back. I mean, his watch goes off unless he just sets his watch for her, and it because maybe maybe if I go back and look at it again, maybe it goes off just as she's transporting. But mm -hmm. I thought it went off after, and I, I thought that was weird. Like, why is his timer for his seven minutes going after she's already transported when she's? Uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit unclear. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so that aside, though, because that, that's the one murky part I didn't really understand. But the, the big thing here is that when they're running back to the rock, trying to avoid any possible explosions, uh, a Confederate soldier comes out and 
you know, points he's got in Anthony Mackie. And Anthony Mackie just tries to buy her time. Like, he, he's basically, you know, he, he's kind of in this position where he's like, I'm dying. I'm going to try and save her and make my life mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do this for my friend and get his daughter he's back. He's admitted that he's been ignoring his treatments because he's been taking care of this instead. Yeah. Uh, and he just tries to talk this guy down and sort of, like, you know, basically concede he gets on his knees. He says he'll be his slave. Like, just, you know, really... Th- and he, he obviously notices that there's the, the unexploded... Uh, like a mine, mine or whatever it is and he's like yeah come come here come here and get me like kind of thing and the guy does eventually step on it but there's a bit of like he kind of walks past it at first and he steps back and then he finally goes boom i didn't know they had landmines then well i don't think it was a landmine because it because it shot into the 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 fight like someone mm-hmm. fired it it just didn't go off okay it's like a mortar or something I'm not an expert in munitions, especially not of uh, <laughs> the Civil War era. So you're going to have yeah. to cut me some slack here. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't know what it is either. On explaining this, but um, I'm willing to go with it and just accept that there's an explosive that might not go off until, you know, someone gives it a bit of a jolt. <laughs> maybe, there were, maybe there were landmines then. I don't know. It doesn't seem that un- unbelievable, I guess. You know, an explosive that triggers on with a, a, a sensor. I mean, maybe the sensor's the part that feels a bit too far fetched. I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, I mean, you have to—it's just pressure, right? Yeah, but I—I I took it maybe less like a landmine and more like uh, a grenade that's not went off. But if you it, you have to like be gentle with it, or it will go off, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Yes, so he tries to get back to the rock, but it's kind of too late. So we get the end of the movie is that obviously Dennis is really happy to have his daughter back, but then Anthony Mackie, when he sort of comes through, he's kind of like the dog from the previous scene. He's he's kind of like you know not I would say a ghost, but he's kind of there, only kind of right where he's kind of shimmering, he's kind of see through, and it's like he's just getting to say goodbye before he's trapped in like an awful awful time period. I mean, I've had, as he points out earlier in the film. They're pretty much all awful. Like, the past kind of sucks, by and large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For very different reasons, depending on which time period. But they all kind of suck. Uh, he's, he's got a little F back to the future speech that he makes at one point, which I thought was uh, amusing. But he reaches out his hand, as does uh, Dennis, and they shake hands. But when he shakes hands, it is a solid handshake. Like, his hand forms enough for it to be a proper handshake mm-hmm. and then it ends there and it's very ambiguous because given what he said about like tethering yourself to the present with the chair from that previous time that he jumped you could read this ending as the connection with his best friend is going to pull him back into the present and save him mm-hmm. but it doesn't let you see it. it it cuts away before you actually get a definitive that's going to happen or not i want it to be true mm-hmm. um but there is the thing where, I mean, they like the rock because, or she liked the rock because it said always in it. So they thought that that was a, a signal from her, the past, mm, that she yeah. wrote that. Um, and then she says, I didn't write that. So the, your immediately, immediate, immediate thought is, okay, Mackie writes that then. Uh, Steve writes that into the rock so that he knows in the future that that's where they need to come back to. Um but like who writes it then if 
if he goes forward or back to the present. I mean, the beauty of it is, is that it could just be a random thing from some random person that has nothing could to be. do with them. And they've given it meaning because, you know, they, they, they've assumed it was something written by one of them or by her. Mm. And then we obviously are meant to think that he just writes it himself afterwards so they'll have that idea in the future. But even if it is just a random thing that someone wrote, it, you know, already has the uh, the meaning because the daughter just discovered it, right? Like, she just discovered that this rock had this this word on it that was misspelled. Uh, it's entirely possible it is just random from some time in history. You know, there's a lot of time between the Civil War and, you know, 2020 or whenever this is set. So... You know, I think there's enough set up in the film to read the ending as his friendship with him, which is kind of the central part of the film, is going to save him. Um, you know, especially since so many things thematically in the film are about how he doesn't have connections, he doesn't let himself have connections other than his one friend. And even, you know, maybe the one dramatic reason for that story that we thought was over the top about the caskets, like maybe the reason why that's relevant is because in that situation, even though it was Anthony Mackie's trauma, it was actually Dennis who freaked out and passed out. But here in this situation, when it's Dennis's kid that's, at, you know, uh, at danger, it's still Steve who's able to keep cool and go and, like, take care of business and sort of do his job, as, as it were. And, you know, the idea that, you know, Steve, that Dennis can be this tether for him is kind of like a, like, that's what he is for him, or what he's, what he was supposed to be for him, but couldn't be. So his arc, in a way, is complete if he can be his tether at the end here, because when they found those caskets on, you know, not on the beach necessarily, but whatever, the, the water washed them up, he's supposed to be the strong friend for him. He's supposed to be the one there who can, who can, who can be leaned on and be like, no, buddy, I'll get this. This is your family. You're too close to this. I'll be strong for you and take care of this. But he didn't, right? So him being there on at the end... On his 30th birthday, too. On his 30th birthday. But him being there at the end to be this tether and sort of, like, pull him back in. Especially since Anthony Mackie's given him, like, several pep talks at this point about how he should, like, love his wife and how he should, like, be thankful for what he's got and how, like, how it is important to him. And he does kind of realise this because he calls his wife at one point and leaves her a message saying, you know, I don't want to lose you you're so important to me, you know, I need you in this. Yeah, and also, um, Mackie has that, that speech with uh, his friend that, uh, you know, the only real difference between us is, like, random chances and luck, basically. Which, mm -hmm. And then, you know, when he talks about the story about introducing um, Dennis to Tara, it's very much, well, Tara was interested in me first, um, but, you know, I wasn't, uh, I, was, I was too tired or something so I, I thought I'd set up my friend so like he could have had that life like he could have uh, you know have an accidental pregnancy that night and had the, their their lives could have been reversed or you know he they both sort of long for each other's lives there's a there's a lot of you know meaning of life stuff in this there's a lot of appreciating what you have and what time you have and like mm -hmm. realizing that your life had value and whatever life you did have you know so um you know anthony mackie feels that his life it might have been wasted because he didn't build that family if he wants that but
but he also doesn't you know realize how important he's been to his friend and how much he's been there for him and how much he helped him set up that life that he has and how much yeah. he was a, you know the strong rock for him um and you know no pun intended because like a, a, a literal rock actually is obviously very symbolic at the end of the film but um you've got all those things at play with the, with the two characters uh which is good it, you know it, it gives the film a lot more weight than it otherwise would have and the actual core science fiction elements are are fun to explore and there's just enough sense in them that it, that it, that it all kind of works there is that one weird thing about the time discrepancy between the two pill taking you know in the final scenes that don't quite add up for me but otherwise it mostly makes some sense and works in the context of the movie and then it's fun to think back to you know and we get glimpses of like how all the previous people died where it's just like oh these are just like the reason why it was so mysterious is because they were dying in situations in the past but presumably because they were still in the same spot they were transferring back to the to the present so the burn victim was in a house that was burning down and then transferred back to the present but was now a charred corpse. <laughs> and that was all that was left. And so on and so on. The guy was stabbed with a big fancy conquistador sword or or whatever. Like, you know, all these mm-hmm. different things. Uh, yeah. I do like that it's, uh, it's not like romanticizing the past also. <laughs> like, we see so many films about time travel and going back in time and, or like people longing for a simpler time in life and like you know they're mostly the shit past wasn't great you know <laughs> especially yeah especially if you were a black man in america there are definitely a lot of decades uh centuries that you would like to skip i mean i think you could expand it to if you are not a white man <laughs> if you're not a straight yeah. white man most periods in history uh suck yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with um uh lucy k's stand-up where he talks about that like you know when we still liked him yeah like, this, it, this is the it, guy you want to bring up to make a, a, but a point very, well yeah i mean his stand-up you know was funny now it has that like pervy thing <laughs> that lens that you watch it through now and you're like i don't like this anymore but like one of the, his like famous ones was that he talked about like because he's a straight white man he can go anywhere back in time and be totally fine uh, but he definitely doesn't want to go into the future because <laughs> he thinks they have it coming. So, yeah, I, you know, it's like I think the exception to all this bizarrely might be the Ice Age because that that the guy in the Ice Age past, because mm-hmm. maybe it's a simpler time and because it is so it's before everything got complicated. Yeah, it's like oh, you it, got fire, and it's it's <laughs> we, bef- could, we could be chill. It's before like prejudice, prejudices probably developed because he'd never really maybe seen anyone that was different to him Mm -hmm. and it was just this like oh you've got fire and you seem to be kind i'm going to share this heat with you and you know it was it was almost this calming experience which was very different to every other time period after that which is savages or tribal sort of ideas and then eventually into more yeah into more recognizable kind of you know just straight up you know the clan (laughs) in that kind of time period so you've got all these things and all of it is is horrible and uh no, I appreciate that too. It's, yeah, um, and maybe part of that is also just like you know, again, appreciating you know, you know, things aren't perfect yet, but I appreciate the lives we have now because it could definitely be worse. Uh, oh, definitely. For you know, for, for me most. too. For it, for a woman. Yes, 
I'm, I'm glad you specified uh, <laughs> what you meant by that. Yeah. Um, just in case anyone was a bit, would be confused. <laughs> right. Which is why I only want to go to the future. I was thinking about it. Like, where would I want to go if I can go into the past? If it's only seven seven minutes, like, maybe I could just take anything. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Uruk, like, Mesopotamia. If I could guarantee... See if Gilgamesh was all he's cracked up to be. If I could guarantee my safety, if I had, like, a bubble that would protect me from anything, then sure, I'd, I'd, go, I'd see a bunch of things from the past. Uh, honestly, though, I mean, it'll be a boring answer. You know, just, you know, check some lottery numbers. Check some lo- oh. lottery numbers for, <laughs> you know, several big so lottery days. So you like, three weeks ago. <laughs> And just give myself a note and say, hey, go and, go and put these numbers on. <laughs> go, go, go get a lottery ticket and pick these numbers. I'd like to go back to about a year ago and invest in GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in that case, let's go back about, I don't know, 40 years and invest in Microsoft <laughs> and maybe maybe Google in the 90s or something. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Google didn't exist till like 2002, what am I saying? But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the, these companies in their infancy... Before the booms. <laughs> Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I go back to 1996 and be like, yeah, I'll buy some shares on Amazon. Those booksellers. Nobody reads books anymore. Yeah, it ain't going anywhere, is it? I'll take 50,000 shares, please. <laughs> I don't know what that would have cost at the time, but... Uh... $3. <laughs> and what's that worth in 2021? Oh, seven million. Oh, that's just nice. You could buy, you could buy a spot on uh, Jeff Bezos' penis ship and go into space. Yeah, there's something to be said about... I mean, I, I get that a rocket... The, the shape is designed because it's the most, like, you know... It's the, it's the, the shape that will best, dare I say, penetrate the, uh, the atmosphere. But... Everything about that scenario... Who's going? <laughs> what it looks like? Who he thanked for it afterward? It's all one big fu to everybody. Do you know what's so funny about it is that it looks more like a dick than the dick shuttle did in that Austin Powers movie that made all the jokes about it looking like a dick. Right. Yeah. The actual dick ship that Bezos had looked more like a penis <laughs> than the joke in the Austin Powers movie. That is impressive. Yep. Anyway, uh, good movie. Should we rate it? Yeah, I just want to add on one final note about this is the ultimate compensation. <laughs> you know, guys who are fairly well off will buy a fancy car in their midlife crisis. Jeff Bezos builds a dick rocket. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, we should we should we should probably sum up and rate. Um, it's a really good movie. I I would recommend it. I think it's an interesting experimental film. Which still has a couple of little rough edges, a couple of little like moments of melodrama that go maybe a touch too far, but I think the direction is even more confident than the endless. I you know the the way it kind of and this is part of what was making me think it was doing some timey jumpy things early on, is the way it was like cutting between scenes where Anthony Mackie was sort of sitting there and it would cut to him in a different location. It felt like it was you know maybe playing with things, but even without that, it still had the kind of a distinct style, and mm-hmm. I I think the There's inventiveness some really long takes also. Yeah, there's a really nice moment when they go to their first crime scene. There's like a body in like the living room, and then there's a body in the kitchen, and the, and there's like a sort of like a, like a breakfast bar style setup, and the mm-hmm. camera keeps kind of sort of like going between the two, like 
sides of the scene. And it's just really nice. Mm. It's a really nice little... It has some energy to it that makes it feel like it's all part of one shared world. Uh, yeah. Which is really cool. And... But like I said, the science fiction elements are so invent in, inventive. They're... They, it still kind of has that indie spirit of like just like someone who's like, no, I've got fun ideas. I want to try different things with these science fiction concepts. And it still kind of has that spirit, even though it is a bit more... It's still low budget, relatively speaking, but it's, you know, it's got Anthony Mackie, it's got some known actors, it feels a little bit more polished. But it still has the spirit of their other films, which I think they should never lose, honestly. I think it's what makes their films feel unique. And mm-hmm. even if they do end up doing, you know, a $100 million movie next, you know, after they're done with uh, Moon Knight, then I hope they keep that spirit in there, because that's kind of what makes them feel a little bit different and special. Uh it feels like they're going for like a a more accessible primer in terms of what their films feel like at least that's in the endless anyway yeah okay i can i i concur <laughs> any final thoughts and your rating please uh i also enjoyed the film i do think it's pretty good um and would recommend it I I'm definitely looking forward to Moon Knight just to see. I mean, this was always a a curiosity to me because I wanted to see what they could do with a budget and with like, you know, pretty pretty great actors. Um, and so I'll be curious to see what they do with the a makeup budget of Disney and Marvel money. Um. That that should be interesting. Um, I'll look forward to the next thing they make after that too. Probably, they're just you know interesting filmmakers with a, their own definite style. Like I wasn't at first. I was like, oh, this this is very different looking from the endless. Like it looks like it's more money. But then like the music kicked in. I'm like, oh, they definitely got the same guy because now it sounds like the endless. Um, but it's good. Like I liked that. Um, uh, I, I just. I, I like that uh, it, it all feels like it's part of the same world. And maybe it is because they have two linking films already. Maybe they're all part of the same world. Um, and yeah. So good job. I'm going to give it a seven. I can confirm it's the same composer. I checked. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> also, that's spring. So they're definitely like working with uh, Mr. Jimmy Lavelle. Mm-hmm. Actually, I quite like the music. Actually, I didn't really mention it when I was talking about the movie, but uh, I I do like the 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 mood and vibe they like to go for. They, they definitely like going for that kind of ethereal, like mm-hmm. wonderment. Yeah, it makes sense when you're dealing with a drug that like it would be dreamlike. Yeah, but Endless had that same vibe too. They definitely got a vibe they like to like mm-hmm. go for, and even Spring did as well. And, spring you can you can sort of see how that music that you've heard in those two movies would become just a little bit more romantic with just a slight twist and all of a sudden you're you're like oh <laughs> so yeah movie's got heart and it's got a lot of fun sci-fi concepts and i think it's fairly well directed um i don't feel like it's their final form yet but it feels like they're just about at their final form in terms of like really nailing like their like their hit but i do think mm-hmm. this is a really interesting film that's worth watching and worth watching again most lately 
So I am going to. I'll happily go. I'll happily give it the eight. I'm gonna give it the eight. Generous. How dare you? You don't get to call my score generous. So it's like a backhanded comp or not backhanded critique, even. I, I mean to say. <laughs> generous. So generous. <laughs> well, it's okay. I know you like the AD art house stuff. Just just uh, handing out the points like candy over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very hard to please. You know this. I, I have been very severe on many other films. Don't mention it. You, I, I see it in your face. You want to mention the stars going to warp drive. Uh, mm. I guess I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you react, damn it. It's just, I, I don't know. It's only started doing this every, like, in the last couple of weeks, and it, yeah. How do you not notice it? I don't notice it. I just, you play it cool. You just, you, you know, let it slide off your back. I'm not like a good actress. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's that's our, our discussion of Synchronic. Um, I, uh, I would recommend it. So, um, uh, let us know what you thought of the movie, if you've seen it, in the comments below. I'm going to get Tara to do her pose now for the thumbnail. Uh, so, that should be fun. So, <laughs> three, two, one, pose! Did a- anyone order <laughs> the, a pro. the vanilla ice cream or the plain white bread or... <laughs> How many ways can I say that you just did the most generic smile for that ever? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should like wave or something. Where was your fire? Where was where was the themes of the film coming out in your pose? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know why you make me do it. Because you didn't go on the thumbnail. It looks better with the two heads. Well, okay, you can have the fire. Maybe put like a, a sword through my head or something. Or put, <laughs> just put like a detached limbs above me. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, that, this is, this has been the Atomic Serum Experiment. You can support us by liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, all those things help on YouTube. Tara's going to tell you all about Patreon after I thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you. To Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Take it away, Tara. Yeah, if you enjoyed the reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as those $1 per month, you will get bonus episodes of The Ace. Uh, you can check out all our favorite B-movies are there. And um, that list will only continue to grow so if you're looking for your favorite David Carradine films, maybe it's there. And if you donate five dollars per month, you'll get access to these reviews one day early, and some shows you get a week early. And you get so a, could be worth it. And you get a vote on an episode once a month. Mm-hmm. Votes just went up for the next one. Uh, they did. Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, you can go vote. Vote the four picks this month. Aliens. They're all movies with aliens in them. That's it. That was the exciting. That was the vote. Yes. Uh, so yeah, go, go have a look at Patreon. Uh, you can also get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight. That is now the new Twitter home for all Mail Plus movies related shows. 
so go check out that as well if you would like. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Science Fiction and Computer. That's Elsa. <laughs>